Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hi! Welcome back into the Force to Putt podcast. I am your host, Steven Serta. Thank you guys for joining us each and every week. As a part of the 435 Podcast Network, we are very happy to join you guys each and every Wednesday throughout the football season and try to help you uh, get prepared for the fantasy football week and hopefully win some matchups. I am joined, as always, by my guy, Dusty Likens. Dusty, how are we doing this morning? Man, I'm good. I can't complain. We got a, uh, as you and I like to call it, a juiced up Thursday night football game. You got a a hell of a game Sunday night. That's not fanboy bias or anything like that. I just, I'm excited for this week of football. And Serta, I can't believe that we're already in week 10, 11, almost the end of the NFL season in this crazy, crazy world that we live in uh, currently under these weird times. But I mean, hey. You and I are here every week for the people. We do it for the people, and I just can't believe that we're already at this point in the season. Yeah, it's been a kind of uh, dazed and confused NFL season, I guess. Uh, Especially, you know, I feel like we're starting the podcast this way every week now, but Christian McCaffrey is reported by Adam Schefter earlier this week is probably not going to go this week for the Carolina Panthers. There was optimism that he was only going to miss a week. He'd be back, be fine, be healthy. And now, according to Adam Schefter, they're afraid that he's going to miss multiple weeks. And it hurts you even more because they have a week 13 bye because of all the COVID stuff and the weird schedule. And so even if you've held on to him all, all year, even if, you got Mike Davis week in week three waivers, and you've been riding with Mike Davis as his sit-in for the entire season. Mike Davis has uh, done a very reasonable job filling in. He's been a fantasy asset, a guy that you start each and every week. With that weird buy in week 13, it kind of screws you in the first round of the fantasy playoffs. Like, if you're... Uh, if you're lucky enough, your roster was so good and you had Christian McCaffrey that, you know, you wind up with a first-round bye, good for you. 
Uh, most of you who are probably fringe playoff teams who have been trying to get by without Christian McCaffrey all fantasy football season probably aren't in that situation. And so you might get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs because you're not going to have Christian McCaffrey and you're not going to have his fill-in, Mike Davis, that week because of a weird bye week. And so we're talking about possibly week 14 before Christian McCaffrey could be ready to play. Oh, and by the way, the Panthers aren't going to be a playoff team this season. So, I, I mean, if there's any chance of him re-injuring or him, you know, headed into the offseason super banged up after they just gave him a huge contract, we saw how talented he is when he's on the football field. Like, what's the point of them even really bringing him back to full speed this season? Yeah, and I think the biggest concern that fantasy owners have that own Christian McCaffrey, I'll be real with people. In one of my leagues, I had the first overall pick, and I had Christian McCaffrey on my team. I'll be honest with you, my record in that league right now is 5-5. Five and five. Like, I've tried to do everything I can because Christian McCaffrey, as a fantasy football player, is essentially two running backs because he just averages so many points per week. It's always 28, can be 30, even though he's probably projected 23 to 25 a week. He's getting you almost 30 points a week. So if you cut that in half, it's real simple math. It's 15 and 15. You probably, if you have Christian McCaffrey on your team, maybe not. Maybe you got lucky and, you know, you did your research on uh, Robinson in Jacksonville. So you slid him in later on. Or, you know, maybe you were, you know, you picked it right when it came to another running back. But people like myself who took Christian McCaffrey number one overall have squeaked by the entire season, meaning that you probably got a interesting matchup getting set up if you are getting ready for your playoffs, and you're still going to be without Christian McCaffrey. This has been the first year since he's been in the league where he hasn't been there or available. Um, this is a year in which you know you're probably hurt with the injury bug and everything else that goes on with it. But it is very interesting because the biggest point you make, Serta, is that for those of you that had Christian McCaffrey, lost Christian McCaffrey, and picked up Mike Davis, now you're really out of, out of luck because neither one of them are available in a lot of people's first rounds of the playoffs. So hopefully the guys that you've chosen or the people that you have to protect that have come up in the clutch or you found somebody like a Kenyon Drake or a Chase Edmonds that were floating around and you got it just right. Um, it's been a tough year, but these are some things that you have to start thinking about because, look, the most important part of fantasy football is coming up. It's getting ready to be the point where you lose and you're out and the money that you put in is no longer valuable and you don't have any chance to win a prize. So it's time to really get serious about what you're going to do with Christian McCaffrey, even though it's probably been that way for you for a couple of weeks. Now you've got to just think that he's done for the rest of the year. Because like I told you yesterday, when we were kind of throwing ideas around, this has a feel of a team that is not going to go anywhere in the playoffs, obviously. Carolina's not going to be in the postseason. They just lost their quarterback for some, you know, foreseeable time. And why risk it? You know, thanks to Dirty Dan Sorensen, Christian McCaffrey is, and that's kind of a, a small joke, but there doesn't look like there's any hope for Christian McCaffrey to even play the rest of the year if it's going to be week to week and we're already in week, the, the, the past week nines in, the, in, the, in football. Why risk it? Let him get healthy. Let him come back next year. Try to be a little bit better of a team next year. Get a good draft pick. It just seems like we've seen this story before, and it seems like Christian McCaffrey, to be cliche, is going to be put on the shelf 
preserved and ready for next year. It seems like this year might be a wash. Yeah, and it's it's a bummer. I I mean, you probably drafted him number one overall. I, I know I took Saquon Barkley number two overall in a lot of my fantasy football leagues. And, and I will say that I've noticed in a lot of my leagues, and I've been talking to other people about this, and it seems to be kind of a consistent thing across fantasy football this year, is that it's been such a weird year. There's been so many injuries that – a lot of you are still in your playoff chase. Like the league where I lost Saquon Barkley and Dak Prescott, I'm still four and six, but the person who's at the top of my division is five and five. And so my team sucks, (laughs) but I am playing matchups every week. I'm still trying to put together a, a competent lineup and be competitive and I've managed to get some wins that way. Uh, you know, last week I just I solely played the matchups in my lineup, and I wound up barely winning. And I beat a a team that is much better than mine. But that team's also dealing with a lot of injuries, and they're kind of a fringe playoff team. So I would imagine a lot of you are out there are are still in the hunt right now. But yeah, this is this is devastating. If you've been holding on to him all year expecting that he's going to return to your lineup and, you know, all of a sudden catapult your team into the postseason and and go on a run, this could be absolutely devastating to your lineup, even if you manage to squeak by Week 13. Like, Mike Mike Davis has been a really, really good player, but he's not Christian McCaffrey. So, it's it's devastating. And we can can just talk about this Lions-Panthers game because there is a lot of uh, fantasy upside in this game. Like, obviously, you're playing Mike Davis – uh, Lions have been getting torched by running backs all season long. Uh, but Teddy Bridgewater's banged up. And there's, you know, they're, they're saying they think he's good to go for this game, but that that's not 100%. And so that makes me worried for the, that makes me really worried for, you know, DJ Moore, who's coming off of a, a good game. It makes me worried for Robbie Anderson, who's been one of the safest wide receivers in fantasy football. And then, I was ever buying the Curtis Samuel hype. Like, Curtis Samuel is one of the most popular waiver wire ads last week. And I was telling everybody, as a fantasy community, we are way overextending ourselves on Curtis Samuel here. I know that he's had a couple of good games. I know he's always been a talented player who you feel like quarterback play has just never lent itself to his talent. And that's why he's never, like, really broken out. Like Curtis Samuel is what he is. He's a he's a fine football player. You, they can give him carries. He's he's explosive. He's a decent enough wide receiver, but he's not like a a, a week to week fantasy asset. And, and so we kind of saw that in that in that game last week against the Buccaneers. So I'm I'm worried about this Panthers offense if Teddy Bridgewater can't go. I mean, it, yeah, he's not. I guess the way to put it is Teddy Bridgewater isn't – he's not a guy that you think about when it comes to offenses, like you have to have him in to tick. But he is good enough, and he does have that stability to where when he's not in there, it's a completely different offense. And I know that sounds really contradicting, um, but you have to think about it. When Teddy Bridgewater's in there – Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore combined were leading the NFL in receiving yards. He was finding those targets, meaning that he had that 
chemistry and connection with those two guys. And when he's not in there, that chemistry has gone. And the thing that's interesting about this game moving forward that you say is that he could play, there could be something involved in that. But the biggest stat that you play is that this is the week that you play Mike Davis. Like, this is the Mike Davis week. This is the week where you find out how much trust this team has in him because depending on how Teddy Bridgewater's knee is, I don't know how much he's going to drop back and throw the ball. And Detroit is horrendous against the run. And this is a game in which if he's going to throw the ball and be a little bit, you know, ginger on that knee, Mike Davis is the target. Now, I know Mike Davis had a rough game last week. He only had seven rushes for 32 yards. This team was so far out of this game early, it didn't really matter. But again, DJ Moore had four for 96. So it seems like if you're going to play a receiver for Carolina, DJ Moore's the answer because he seems like the guy that if Teddy Bridgewater can't go, that's the guy they're going to go to. Um, when it comes to finding the receiver that's going to be trustworthy for the quarterback that plays outside of Teddy Bridgewater. And uh, on the other side for the Lions, Matthew Stafford did have a good game last week, but he wound up being a little banged up. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think there's he, – he's been through these kind of hand injuries. Uh, he has a partially torn ligament in his thumb. He's dealt with this before, and so they're talking about him continuing to play. But, you know, I know he had a big game last week, but he's struggled this season. Matthew Stafford hasn't been great this year, and it doesn't sound like he might not have Kenny Galladay here, who's missed the last two games with a hip injury. Marvin Jones has actually turned it on lately, and it's, and it's had like four consecutive solid, solid games. I know I was trashing Marvin Jones early in the season, but Marvin Jones is the, is the Lions' number one wide receiver right now, so I think you can start Marvin Jones moving forward, assuming Kenny Galladay is out of the lineup. Um, I'm worried about Matthew Stafford this week. I know the Panthers' defense just got torched by the Buccaneers. They let Patrick Mahomes put up a big game. I still think the secondary, while it's young, it gives you a little bit more problems than people give them credit for. And you can run all over this Carolina Panthers defense, as we saw my guy Ronald Jones go absolutely bananas last week. Uh, so I really like DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift's finally coming off of a big game where they said, okay, you're the lead guy. And, the, and he he clearly surpassed Adrian Peterson in total touches. He was highly active in the offense, and he produced. DeAndre Swift is a talented running back, and so I, I think that DeAndre Swift has to be in your lineup this week. I think TJ Hawkinson has to be in your lineup this week. TJ Hawkinson is quietly just like the number three tight end in fantasy football right now. And he's been very consistent this year. He didn't have a huge game last week, but for the most part, he's been reliable each and every week. He catches everything, even when he doesn't get a lot of targets. And he's found the end zone multiple times. I love TJ Hawkinson. Uh, but, but DeAndre Swift absolutely has to be in your lineup. Yeah, and I don't know if this is like a DeAndre Swift thing where he just had to be told that he's the team starter going forward. Um, but the kid was absolutely amazing last week. And it seems like whenever, uh, it seems like whenever Galladay's out, I think that's who I'm thinking of. I'm pretty sure that's who I'm thinking of. Um, Marvin Jones just goes off. And I know it's been a frustrating back and forth year with Marvin Jones. And some people have just been like, okay, like, why can't I figure this out? 
I wish Marvin Jones would take this leap every time. And maybe the play of DeAndre Swift is going to make that easier for him to get, I guess, more consistent. But that's what Matthew Stafford has always needed. And that's what's going to make this offense actually get better. Because every year we tell ourselves, is this the year where you can low-key kind of stash and stack Detroit players? Because Stafford is talented. He's got a great uh, mindset when it comes to football. And if he can just get things going, Stafford can be a very valuable fantasy player. But obviously throughout the years, it's been so inconsistent and partially due to that, it's because they just don't have a run game. DeAndre Swift is a stud, and if he can keep getting consistency and numbers and be the team starter going forward and be their bell cow, I think that more options can become available for Detroit. And I know that we've talked way too much about this game that probably a lot of people don't care about, but there is a lot of fantasy impact in this game. And the bright side is, I know we're talking about this year, but let's not forget about TJ Hawkinson next year. He's already, like you said, quietly a number three tight end. We talk about tight ends, how they're so hard to find. But to be honest with you, Hawkinson is a very, very good potential tight end moving forward because everyone always remembers Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews. Maybe we can throw Giannu Smith in there, who, by the way, my guy, Serta, who's a top five tight end this year in football, stole a touchdown last week from Derrick Henry. But... That's what you have to look forward to in this offense is remember this Detroit offense right now, moving into the end of this season. And if they can move this forward next year, they're the sneaky stat team. I would just like to point out that uh, Johnny Smith has been absolutely terrible over the last month or so. He, he did has been terrible. He did. Ha- he had a touchdown uh, on November 8th against the Bears. He had two catches for, for 14 yards last week against the Colts. And a touchdown. He did not have a touchdown. Oh, he had a rushing touchdown. Yeah, he That's stole right. one from Derrick Henry. Yeah. Okay, he's still been terrible. He hasn't been terrible. He's been terrible. You, uh, he's had a – no, oh, he hasn't been terrible. He has he's, been terrible. He's been, he's been pretty bad. He's, he's been terrible. Um, <laughs> but, so, I want to take a look at the uh, Thursday night football game. Obviously, it's a huge matchup between the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Um. Kyler Murray is kind of quietly playing himself into the MVP race. Russell Wilson might be playing himself out of it. Um, I would like to point out last week was Russell Wilson's first game of the season without a single touchdown pass. The Rams defense is is fantastic this season. Their defense has been straight up elite. Uh, I was making fun of them yesterday on the air because they've had Aaron Donald for seven years now, and this is the first time they've ever put together a like actual elite defense where it isn't Aaron Donald just carrying the entire squad because he's so absolutely dominant. Uh, Russell Wilson only had 248 yards and two interceptions. He also fumbled multiple times last week. It was just an ugly, ugly game for the Seahawks. Uh, they're, they're still without Chris Carson. Um, I'm not really confident that he's going to play this week with the short turnaround. They could really use him. Uh, I, I hope that he gets back. I've got Chris Carson in a couple of leagues, but I'm not sure he's going to play with a quick turnaround on Thursday night football. Uh, the reality is that Russell Wilson's still going to be in your lineup each and every week, and DK Metcalf is going to be in your lineup each and every week. DK Metcalf was seeing a lot of Jalen Ramsey last week, and I've mentioned it on the show. I've mentioned it on the podcast. Jalen Ramsey, he had a little bit of a down year last year, uh, but he's been absolutely elite shutdown level corner again this season and so it's not a shocker like he has struggled 
or every opposing wide receiver has struggled against Jalen Ramsey this year. He's been absolutely unbelievable. So it's not a shocker to me that DK Metcalf really struggled. Um, you still have to start him every week. You still have to start Tyler Lockett every week. Like that, you're you're just gonna have to deal with that. Sometimes there's ups and downs in fantasy football. And you know Russell Wilson, even though he didn't throw a touchdown last week, he's still in the MVP race. Yeah, maybe Mahomes has surpassed him right now because Mahomes' numbers are. His turnover numbers especially are, are unbelievable this season. Russell Wilson's already up to 10 interceptions, but he does have 28 touchdowns. I will point out that Mahomes' MVP season a couple of years ago in 2018, he did have a game that year against Jacksonville where he didn't throw any touchdowns. He did have a rushing touchdown, though. Um, I still think that Russ, if because he's ever won an MVP, because the whole narrative he's never got an MVP vote, I think that if he bounces back this week and has a monster game, which he absolutely can, we, we've we seen that the uh, Cardinals' past defense isn't exactly shut down or anything like that. When these teams played a couple of weeks ago, they uh, the Cardinals won 37-34 in overtime, and part of that was because of a, a late rust interception. Uh, but I still think that he can wind up being MVP this season. He's been my fantasy MVP so far because uh, I've got him in a couple of leagues. And so I, I think you still start your Seahawks each and every week. And if DJ Dallas winds up going again, I, th- I think you got to play him if Chris Carson's not able to step up. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would disagree is that you say Kyler Murray is sneakily becoming MVP. Look, Kyler Murray has been absolutely disgusting. This game Thursday night is going to be fantastic, and I want people to sit back and watch because the coolest thing about this game is Kyler Murray is a young Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson is going to look at himself from five years ago and say, okay, this guy's going to be better than I was. Because they both have similar backgrounds, right? They're both MLB players. They've got just absolute outstanding arms. This game is going to have all the juice that you've wanted. It's actually the most anticipated game that I can actually think of this week, other than maybe titans ravens but i feel like that game's boring we can get into that a little bit later but you're so right when it comes to guys like dk metcalf and we see this problem in fantasy all the time where people come up to maybe you serta um or you know it happens to me where they'll be like yeah well i lost this week it's dk metcalf laid an egg it's like look he's gonna get bracketed by Jalen Ramsey, like Jalen Ramsey was going to have a mission to put DK Metcalf on his back and not let him do anything. And he basically did that for three quarters as he pretty much threw up a goose egg. But here's the unfortunate situation you have with fantasy football. You're not sitting guys like DK Metcalf. You're not sitting guys like Julio Jones. I'm not saying they're the same receiver, but you get what I'm saying. Like no matter what, no matter how the matchup shapes out on paper, on ESPN, Yahoo, whatever you use, you don't sit guys like that. And you have to think that the way this game is going to play out Thursday night, if you look inside your crystal ball, you've got to think there's going to be at least 70 points on the board. 35-35 is something that we could honestly look at when it comes to a game like this. Both quarterbacks are going to sling it. Both quarterbacks can run. Both quarterbacks like to throw the deep ball. Both teams are kind of sketchy on defense. So there's a lot of fantasy value in this game, and this seems like a game where DK bounces back and can have one of those eight for 125, two touchdowns. Russell Wilson could have one of those 28 for 33, 334 touchdowns. And Kyler Murray could do the same thing, because if you think about Kyler Murray's stats this year, 17 throwing touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 2,300 yards passing, 
On the other side, he's ran for 605 or 606 yards rushing and 10 rushing touchdowns. Kyler Murray is 100% the second runner-up for the MVP. It's Mahomes, Kyler Murray, and Russell Wilson. Just because in the NFL, it's not what have you done all season. It's what have you done for me lately. Nobody was talking about Mahomes being the front runner for MVP because of the season Russ was having. Mahomes throws nine touchdowns in two weeks, and all of a sudden people say, wait, he's thrown for almost 3,000 yards. He's thrown 26 touchdowns and one interception. That's how quick it changed in the NFL. But you have to understand, this game is going to look like a high school shootout on Thursday night. So there is tons of fantasy value. And I'm kind of interested to see how Arizona handles their backfield with Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake. Yeah, it's frustrating if you're a Chase Edmonds owner and you thought that you, you know, landed the the lead back after Kenyon Drake went down. He did return last week. He led the team in carries. He had 100 rushing yards. Uh, you know, Chase Edmonds was still involved and still had a decent game. Uh, it feels like once they're confident that Kenyon Drake is 100%, it feels like he might wind up just being the the clear-cut lead back again, which is probably disappointing for Chase Edmonds' owners. Uh, you know, if, if you thought you were kind of getting a lottery piece late in the season who could uh, really wind up be, becoming a, a huge part of your fantasy team, I, I'm not sure it's going to be that anymore. Um, you know, Kenyon Drake hasn't been great this season, but it, it feels like that Arizona is just, they're hard-pressed to lean on him as their lead back. So I think he's got to be in your lineup, although Seattle has been good against opposing running backs all season. Obviously, you're playing DeAndre Hopkins, who had one of the most bananas catches you're ever going to see in your entire life and then had an incredible press conference to talk oh, about, man. you know, burning the three best players in that secondary for a game-winning touchdown. Uh, it was just absolutely unbelievable. Christian Kirk was quiet last week, but Christian Kirk uh, did have a big game against the Seahawks a couple of weeks ago. He had two touchdowns, so I think that he is absolutely playable in this game. And, you know, you just you just play your wide receivers against the Seahawks. The Seahawks still got burned last week uh, by the Rams in the passing game. They're still giving up a a massive amount of yards each and every week to opposing wide receivers. So you, you got to keep just playing your wide receivers against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, it should be a fun game. I'm excited. Two MVP candidates. Tons of fantasy action. Uh, next game I want to get to, uh, a game that, or a team that me and you were pretty spot on with last week, the Cleveland Browns. We discussed on Fantasy Football Sunday uh, oh, yeah. about Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb and their fantasy value moving forward um, as you know a, a shared backfield. But the Browns are a team that want to run the ball a ton. They don't want to put the ball in Baker Mayfield's hands. Their receivers really aren't great now that Odell Beckham's out for the season. Uh, Rashard Higgins has been kind of inconsistent. Jarvis Landry's kind of that safe safety valve, but he's still not. Jarvis has never been a, a consistent like wide receiver one in your lineup outside of PPR formats. And so the Browns are going to run the ball. And Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb were both incredible last week, although Nick Chubb did have that long run at the end of the game that would have put them up by two possessions. Instead, he just stepped out of bounds so they could take a knee and run the clock out. Uh, absolutely devastating to fantasy owners. Absolutely devastating to a lot of betters. 
Uh, it feels like if Nick Chubb ever gets in that situation again, you just know where <laughs> what he's going to do, and you know where his head's at. So uh, good for him being responsible and not doing what Todd Gurley did to cost his team a win a, a month ago. But Ooh. absolutely devastating to watch as a fantasy owner. I absolutely love Nick Chubb, though. I absolutely love Kareem Hunt. This is a tough matchup. This week against a tough Eagles run defense, but I'm absolutely still starting both of them in my lineups. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I not one to brag. Maybe I am. But, you know, first off, make sure you're listening to Serta Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock because that can help you. Like, maybe you didn't know what the weather conditions were going to be in that Houston-Cleveland game. They delayed that game because of weather. And then you think to yourself, oh, crap, I was streaming – uh, Baker Mayfield, maybe I shouldn't anymore. Hey, I've got Chubb and Hunt on my bench. This is going to be a heavy run. Serta can get you covered every Sunday morning on 610 Sports Radio at 9 o'clock if the Chiefs obviously don't play a noon game. Here's the big story about the Browns. They are the most fake 6-3 and three team, and that's, that's coming with Tennessee, that's with Baltimore, and with just their struggles as well. Cleveland is going to run the ball 50 times a game. And if that means they're going to give the ball 25 times to Nick Chubb and 25 times to Kareem Hunt, that's what they're going to do. That's their strategy moving forward. I feel bad for people that took a stretch on Jarvis Landry because he did, in fact, have a very good year last year. It sucks for those of you that had Odell Beckham because it looked like maybe he was turning the corner and starting to actually like playing in Cleveland. Look, I don't want to toot my own horn, but Cerna told you. said, hey, they're going to run the ball with Chubb. They're going to run the ball with Hunt. And at one point, I texted Cerna on Sunday and said, have you seen the stats? Chubb has four carries for 20 yards, and Kareem Hunt has four for 19. You can't get any more even than that. That's that team moving forward. That's all I have to say about that. They're a run-heavy team. I'm done with Baker Mayfield. I was wrong about Baker Mayfield. I apologized to people last week who I said to stream Baker Mayfield. It is what it is. Moving on. I do think in this Browns offense, obviously you're going to start Chubb and Hunt each and every week. Um, Austin Hooper was super disappointing last week. He only had one catch for 11 yards. Tight ends a complete disaster yet again this season. So I do think that he's getting enough volume, and you know maybe he he was banged up. They didn't throw the football out. They ran a ton. Uh, but prior to his injury. He was starting to see a significant uptick in volume on a, on a week-in, week-out basis. I have to imagine that goes up moving forward in some capacity. And Baker Mayfield, so far in his NFL career, has done a really good job targeting his tight ends. Uh, so I, I think Austin Hooper is going to get more involved in the offense moving forward. Uh, the Eagles were finally healthy last week. The healthiest version of the Eagles, I believe, we've seen all season long. And Carson Wentz, who was I was telling everybody, oh, start Carson Wentz this week. You know, the Giants' past defense has been better than you probably think it has, but it's still the Giants. Eagles are going to win this football game, and Carson Wentz is finally, you know, he's finally got reliable pass catchers back in his lineup, and the Eagles were absolutely awful. Just awful. Awful against one of the worst teams in the NFL. They lost, and they're somehow still leading the division because of a tie they had earlier in the season. The NFC East is the worst division in football. All four teams in that division belong in the bottom five of the power rankings. I absolutely hate the Eagles. I don't want to play them anymore in any of my fantasy lineups, but I understand you still have to play 
Miles Sanders week in and week out. Jalen Rieger, we're going to chase the upside with him. Uh, mm-hmm. Travis Fulgham, who saw a significantly less usage last week with Jalen Rieger more acclimated to the offense, with Dallas Goddard getting back and healthy, with Alshon Jeffrey actually playing now. And so that's worrisome for Travis, Travis Fulgham, who had been a, a fantasy surprise, who had been awesome so far this season. Now I'm worried about him because they actually are healthy, and even having everybody back, it was still awful. And so I'm pretty sure I'm just going to avoid all the Eagles moving forward except for Miles Sanders. I just wonder if Philadelphia still realizes that they put a statue of Doug Peterson outside their stadium, and eventually they're going to have to take that statue down. That's, that's the only question I have with Philadelphia, because I'm with you. The most frustrating fantasy team to try to get right I think you and I were both kind of on this. Like, this has got to be the year that Wentz figures it out. Shocked. Literally, I'm kind of shocked. Carson Wentz is just, I'm, it's over. Like, it, I'm done. It's, it, we're done with Carson Wentz. It's never going to happen. It's not there anymore. That MVP half season he had when they went to the Super Bowl and then uh, Napoleon Dynamite ended up winning the Super Bowl for them. Yeah, I mean, Miles Sanders, Rieger, I guess, Fulgham was, I think, was supposed to be that guy that I thought could really be that really good fantasy asset on a really, really bad team. It's just not happening. I want nothing to do with Philadelphia, Serta. Yeah, I'm just going to try to avoid them. You know, it's another good matchup for Wentz. Uh, The Browns secondary hasn't been particularly good. Uh, You know, they do have a couple of games this season where they didn't allow much in the passing game, uh, especially last week against Deshaun Watson. They did the same thing against Derek Carr a couple of weeks ago. But again, those were games that were heavily impacted by weather. It was rain last week, wind last week, that game against the Raiders. It was so windy that you just couldn't throw the ball. So both teams just ran a ton that game. So I think that Carson Wentz is going to be able to throw on this Browns defense, but I'm at a point where I just can't trust this Eagles offense week in and week out. So I'm going Miles Sanders, and they did just activate Zach Ertz, so he could be back. It's I'm just going to avoid the Eagles offense for the foreseeable future until it feels like they're starting to turn things around. Uh, the Falcons at Saints. This game should be a lot of fun. Saint, or Falcons coming off of a bye week. Julio Jones is back. Calvin Ridley still banged up. There's still some worry that he might not be available in this game. Hopefully we get Calvin Ridley back because Calvin Ridley over his career, you know, Julio's had some, some tough games against the saints. Calvin Ridley has managed to absolutely torch the saints and outside of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers games, the Saints secondary has not been very good this season. So if Calvin Ridley is good to go, obviously you're putting him in your lineup. You're still putting Julio in your lineup, but I need Calvin Ridley this week. I'm kind of reeling in one of my fantasy leagues where Christian McCaffrey's hurt. Miles Sanders was hurt. Uh, Calvin Ridley's been hurt. I'm just dealing with injuries all over the place. I need my guy Calvin back this week. I'm still starting Matt Ryan because I think you can pass on this Saints team. And I'd rather avoid Todd Gurley because the Saints run defense has still been absolutely spectacular this season. Yeah, before we get to Winston week, Right? That's what you and I are most excited about. Um, I think the most important part is this is a game in which there screams opportunity for a lot of fantasy points, right? We'll get to the other side. Obviously, there's no Drew Brees. This seems like a game that is 
to give it an analogy, the normal teacher that teaches the class is not there and the substitute's taken over. And the substitute's not just a strict teacher, they're the cool laid back. Like, hey, what do you guys normally do on Fridays? Oh, normally Mrs. Sanders has us do all this stuff. Well, today you don't have to worry about that. You can pull out your iPad, you can have fun. We're not going to stick to normal football. This screams like a game that could literally be 49 to 37. Like, I'm dead serious. Like, this is a game where if I'm, if I have any stock in Atlanta or the Saints, I'm playing them all. Even Hayden Hurst. I'm playing Hayden Hurst. I'm dead serious. I think he has a potential chance to have a big game. Um, Cal Ridley is important to start because he's a guy that a lot of people probably took high in drafts and it paid off early as he was the best receiver in all of football for the first like six weeks of the season. Um, Matt Ryan, big time play this week. Todd Gurley, big time play this week. All those guys, I'm heavy on on both sides of the field. If you want to get into uh, Saints and Alistair, but I'm with you. Heavy stream on Atlanta. Uh, it is worth noting you should probably get Hayden Hurst in your lineup as well. Saints have uh, really struggled against tight ends this season. Their linebackers aren't particularly Big week good. for Hayden. Um, yeah, the Saints, you just mentioned it. It's uh, it, it's big time, baby. J- Jameis is back. The laser eye improves. That's right, baby. The... The fit lifestyle. Did you notice how skinny Jameis looked last week? Jameis is looking good. Oh, yeah. Jameis went to New Orleans. And, and those eyes look work. clean, too. I know we're in a pandemic, so, you know, New Orleans probably isn't as popping as it normally is. So Jameis has had to stay inside. Jameis is in shape. Jameis is looking to get a starting gig. And Jameis is going to go out there and sling it. We haven't seen the... The oh, yeah. laser eye, hawk-eyed version of Jameis Winston just yet. I am thrilled <laughs> for this matchup. I cannot wait. I'm picking Jameis up in multiple leagues. I'm trying to get him in my lineup. You know oh, yeah. you can pass all over the Falcons. Get Michael Thomas in your lineup. Uh, Jared Cook's been struggling, but get Jared Cook in your lineup. Obviously, Alvin Kamara's a go. I'd kind of like to see how Jameis fares before I, before I condone that you uh, – just put all of your Saints in. But the Falcons have actually been really good against opposing running backs. Obviously, Alvin Kamara is going to do damage in the receiving game. I don't think there's anything the Falcons can do about that. But he didn't have a huge rushing total last week either. So it could be a similar uh, kind of stat line this week because they have been good against the ground. Grady Jarrett, uh, incredible in the middle of that defense. Jameis is going to sling it. Or we're, we're, we're going we're to see... Jameis, like we did last season, we're going to see air it out. Jameis Winston, I am absolutely thrilled. I'm sure Sean Payton will do something stupid like put Taysom Hill in for like five plays to, uh, you know, to screw up the rhythm of his entire offense. But yes, go add Jameis Winston. Get him in your lineup. I am absolutely thrilled. This is what we've been waiting for, Serta. Ever since... And, like, we've been teased week by week. Like, when Breeze did that interview and, and Jameis went back to eating the W when he was sitting on the side of Breeze. Like, you're right. I mean, Jameis is absolutely going to sling it. Like, I know for a fact, at least one point in this game, Sean Payton's going to be like, hey, trapper keeper right side, just hand it off. He's going to kill that play and he's going to send a four verts and he's just going to let it go. That's exactly what he's going to do. That's what Jameis Winston does. He's eager, excited, horny, whatever you want to call it, to get behind that center and just throw that rock. And I'm like you. He's leaner. He's meaner. He might be cleaner. And those eyes, 
I mean, he's basically Arnold Schwarzenegger from 92 and T2. It's red. He can see everything. It diabolically breaks down everything. Let's see what Jameis can do, and let's see if Michael Thomas can just absolutely go off. I'm like you. Play them all. Stream them all. Sit back, and let's have fun watching JW. Just let it go. I can't wait. I'm extremely excited. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys coming off of a bye week. Uh, I do want to talk about this game because I think there's uh, some serious fantasy implications here for a offense that's really struggling. Uh, it sounds like Andy Dalton might be back for this one. If not, it's Garrett Gilbert, which, I mean, Garrett Gilbert looked like he's the best quarterback they've had since Dak Prescott uh, prior to their bye week. So uh, Zeke has been terrible. Vikings are, are decent against opposing rushers. I still think there's going to be enough volume there for you to put Zeke in your lineup. Uh, maybe Tony Pollard does keep continue to get more involved in the offense. Um, outside of the, the, the Viking secondary has been so bad this season that you would think they should be able to pass against this defense, even coming off of a game where, you know, uh, the Nick Foles led Chicago bears offense just looked absolutely awful against the Vikings. That has more to do with the fact that Nick Foles is the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. Worse than Garrett Gilbert, in my opinion, this season. Um, so the Viking secondary is not good. You can absolutely throw on them. So I don't hate Amari Cooper. I, I don't hate CeeDee Lamb this week. I'm still not going as far as Michael Gallup just because it's been so bad for him this year when we had high expectations for him as a wide receiver. And I don't think it's really his fault that it's been so bad for him this season, obviously with everything that's happened with the Cowboys. So I think you can go Cooper. I think that you can go CD lamb. I think you can go Zeke. Everybody else. I want to kind of see how, how they're integrated into the offense, uh, post Cowboys bye week. Yeah. I mean, I've tried to tell people that they had any stock in Dallas, that they need to trade it all. They need to get rid of it. I don't like for Dallas. I, for some, I've been trying to talk myself into the fact that CeeDee Lamb could possibly emerge late into the season or become this, this great, not great, but this dependable receiver. Because it's true. Once Dak left that offense and you saw where, and this is just proof to Jerry Jones that they need to pay Dak Prescott. Because once he left that offense and was no longer a part of it, this team completely changed. Like, I mean, 100% flip script, change face, everything you want to call it. And it's affected fantasy owners that have Zeke, that have CeeDee Lamb, that have Amari Cooper, because those numbers just aren't there. And when they do come, they're very inconsistent. But with Dak, this team was a perennial high-pressured offensive team because the defense is absolutely trash. But like you said, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Zeke Elliott, if you've got them and you're at this point in the season – you got to play him. You got to think that there's still a lot of value there hidden somewhere in between. And again, Andy Dalton might be coming back, which gives you a little bit more trust in the way that the offense can be ran just because of his experience in the NFL. But again, Dallas very disappointing this year, and it all goes to the fact that Dak Prescott went out. And the Minnesota Vikings, obviously, uh, the Cowboys defense, despite a bye week, is probably still trash. So you're going to play Dalvin Cook, obviously. Justin Jefferson, who I got to bring it up. I added Justin Jefferson in my guillotine league last week for three bucks. I am absolutely pumped about it. Justin Jefferson's a mega star. I love watching him play. He's absolutely incredible. He just torched the Bears secondary, which has been one of the toughest matchups for opposing wide receivers 
all season on Monday Night Football. Uh, I love Justin Jefferson in this game. I love Adam Thielen in this game. Uh, I like Kirk Cousins in this game. Everybody can put up points on the Cowboys, so I think you got you got to get all those guys into your lineup this week. Yeah, I mean, if you were sold on on Justin Jefferson, um, <laughs> last week should have just given you enough solidification that this kid moving forward is going to be an absolute stud. And what's crazy is this has been one of those situations in the NFL, and I know we're not talking about the Buffalo Bills, but Stephon Diggs leaving Minnesota and going to Buffalo has been absolutely the best situation for Stephon Diggs. And Minnesota won. Like, they got rid of Stephon Diggs, and they drafted Justin Jefferson, and Jefferson has taken that Stephon Diggs role and just absolutely perfected it. Dalvin Cook is obviously Jamal Charles of 2012. Kirk Cousins is a streamable start just because Dallas's defense is so atrocious. Plus, there's so many weapons. It seems that him and Adam Thielen are finally kind of getting that connection back to where it was. Um, as obviously Thielen had that short yardage touchdown. He also had a tremendous catch and amazing cleats on that uh, Monday night game. But I'm like you, Jefferson, Cousins, uh Thielen, Cook. I'm not sure about Rudolph. I know he had a tough game against the Bears. I don't know how Dallas really truly is against tight ends, but Mason Rudolph might be a thought if the tight end is such a lost cause this year in football and you're looking for somebody against a bad defense or you have a guy on a bye, that's another one to pick up. But this game seems like a snooze fest. It seems like a lot of Dalvin Cook and a little bit of the wide receivers. But again, Justin Jefferson's in that category that if he's on your team, you do not sit him. I think you mean Kyle Rudolph, not uh, Mason Rudolph. Yeah, Kyle, not Mason. Mason's the terrible quarterback in Pittsburgh, um, my bad. You know how I feel about Kyle Rudolph? Uh, I don't ever <laughs> advise that you start him in any fantasy lineup ever in, in your life. If you've got him on your he roster, his first play. if you got him on your roster, cut him right now because he should not be on your <laughs> fantasy roster and you should never, ever play him under any circumstance. Uh, Before we get out of here, we got to go through this Chiefs-Raiders game. Obviously, it's a huge game. It's the biggest Chiefs-Raiders game we've had in a long time here in Kansas City. Uh, Chiefs are going to be fresh coming off of a bye. You know Andy's going to have some things schemed up. Talking all kinds of trash this week. You know, Gruden, uh, Max Crosby mentioned it yesterday. The bus, the laps around Arrowhead Stadium after they beat the Chiefs earlier this season. The Chiefs are going to be looking to dominate this game. And, and I think that they're going to be prepared to, and they absolutely should. The Raiders aren't, the Raiders are good this season, but the Raiders aren't anywhere close to as talented as the Chiefs are. And, you know, it's hard to win on a, a week in, week out basis. And sometimes you have bad games and you get beat in the NFL. Those are the circumstances. That's how things go down across the league. That's why it's so hard to predict some of these matchups. I don't believe there's. Any circumstance where the Chiefs lose this game, obviously you're starting Tyreek Hill. Obviously you're starting Travis Kelsey. Obviously you're starting Patrick Mahomes. And you should absolutely start Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I know Clyde has struggled, and I don't even think it's a product of him struggling. It's just the Chiefs just decided the last few games they're just not going to run the football. And they're so good, they can beat you any way they want to. When they feel like running the football, they're going to run the football again. And so... Clyde still has to be in your lineup each and every week. I understand that it's disappointing. You thought he was going to have, 
you know, a league-leading rusher type of season, and it just hasn't been there. But the Chiefs are better when Patrick Mahomes is throwing the football. The Chiefs are better when they're airing it out downfield and they're trying to put up points in a hurry. And so that's the best version of this Chiefs offense. They can beat the Raiders either way. The Raiders aren't good either way in this game. So uh, you have to start everybody. Uh, McCole Hardman is on the COVID list. Andy won't confirm that he tested positive, but there's some reports out there that he did test positive. So he might not even be available in this game. So Demarcus Robinson might be like a deep dart throw, especially if McCole Hardman's not ready to go. Um, Chiefs, if Eric Fisher and uh, Mitchell Schwartz might not go in this game, if they do not pass all the COVID protocols this week, it sounds optimistic. Supposedly they passed all of their tests yesterday. Uh, As far as the Raiders go, I'm still playing Josh Jacobs coming off of the big game. You can still run on the Chiefs. Uh, I don't know if I, you know, Henry Ruggs had the big game against the Chiefs, but Henry Ruggs has been really inconsistent this season. I don't really trust him. Uh, Nelson Aguilar is probably a deep dart throw. He's been solid this year, but he's not seeing a ton of volume. He's a really big play dependent wide receiver, so he's kind of a home run threat and nothing more. So you got to hope that the Raiders find a way to torch the Chiefs secondary like they did in the earlier matchup this year. I just don't see it ha- see it happening that way this time. I, I think Spags and that defense is going to be ready for it. Uh, so I don't want to start Derek Carr because I think the Chiefs are going to be ready to go this week. I will still start Darren Waller, though, because you know he's the, with no George Kittle right now, Darren Waller's the second-best tight end in fantasy football behind Travis Kelsey. Look, it's pretty simple uh, what's going to happen for the Chiefs. This is a... First off, if you want to take this game and peel the onion, this is Andy Reid is going to come after John Gruden like nobody's business. And I talked about this last night on uh, Binkley's show, Bink at Night. This is a battle of nerds. Like, I don't think the players care that the bus driver or the bus took a, a secret lap or a second lap. I think that story is just absolutely atrocious. I think we're ready to... Sunday night, see some stupid graphic where Gruden's driving a bus and his players are in the bus with him. It's going to happen. The other thing about this is this has the feel. And again, we all know Andy Reid's numbers after buys against division. You can go, you can go listen to the nerds about that. Here's cut and dry what's going to happen. Andy Reid's main objective is to kick John Gruden's ass in Vegas on Sunday night. That's the number one goal. You're going to see plays that Andy Reid would keep tucked away for playoff runs that he's going to bring out against John Gruden because Andy is pissed. I truly believe that Andy Reid is pissed that they lost this game last last time they played each other in Arrowhead. Again, so Chiefs only lost. Patrick Mahomes is making this MVP run. This is a game in which where you were talking about how Demarcus Robinson is a deep dart throw. Demarcus Robinson plays well against the Raiders. And this is a game in which I think the Chiefs will get behind Andy Reid, and they'll be like, okay, coach, we're with you, man. Let's go out there. Let's just absolutely destroy uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, and let's just play our style of offense. They're going to want to throw four or five touchdowns with Mahomes. I wouldn't be surprised if he went for four touchdowns, 285, 300-plus yards. That's just the way this game screams to me. I don't see a lot of production coming from Oakland, or I'm sorry, Las Vegas. Again, I've done that. But this is also a game in which Spags is pissed. If you remember after that game when Henry Ruggs got that deep ball against Charverius Ward, Spagnola, he literally owned that play. He's like, I put him in the wrong situation. He, you know, he, yeah, he got burned deep, but it was because of we did something different. This is a game in which it is going to seem like a business trip to Las Vegas, and the Chiefs will not hold anything back. 
Everybody obviously is a player for the Chiefs. You don't need to name their names. You know who they are. Just sit back, relax, and know that your Chiefs players that you play this week in fantasy football will be just fine because Andy Reid is on a mission and it is to embarrass John Gruden in his house. He's Dusty Likens. Follow him on Twitter at Dusty Likens. I'm Steven Serta. You can follow me at Steven Serta. Uh, make sure you download the radio.com app and like and subscribe to the Force to Pump podcast and all of our other great content on the 435 Podcast Network. You guys, join me Sunday morning at 9 a.m. on 610 Sports Radio. I'll have all the matchups for you. I'll have all the info, all the injury updates you'll need. And we'll get ready, and we'll help you continue to get prepared to win your Week 11 fantasy matchups. We'll talk to you then. I love you, Serta. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.